Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You know, to start off, no, we didn't have one. Then, middle of the season, when we started getting going, we did. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Like the explosives, you, you got you could see the difference if when we have explosives, when we don't. So, we, we really just got to look at that. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. That is the voice of DJ Moore, and he's talking about the Bears' offense and David on on the penultimate game, the penultimate game, so that was the Atlanta game. The Bears had seven, count them, seven explosive plays on offense. Uh, All passes, five of them went to DJ Moore. I think there was a 31-yarder, a 30-yarder. You know, explosive plays are are uh, plays over 20 yards. So he had five of them in uh, in that game. And then you look at yesterday, and it just uh, it just wasn't there for the Bears. They did not have the same kind of explosives. They had a hard time getting uh, the ball out, and the quarterback was under pressure the whole game. And I think you came away with this feeling of, uh, man, that is a bummer that they're not able to put together explosive plays. I I don't think they were terribly aggressive trying to push the ball down the field. It could be a combination of factors that contributed to that. The longest play from scrimmage was a 33-yarder to D.J. Moore, and that was a nice run and catch. He certainly knows what to do with the football. He finishes – you know, very productive season. It wasn't good enough to make the Pro Bowl, but it was 96 catches, 1,364 yards, and eight touchdowns. I didn't like the way the Bears were reluctant to make the Packers nervous. Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator for the Packers, had a good day. Guessed right a lot. The Bears probably played into that a little bit by being more conservative than you would think. They They didn't go out and – seemed like an offense that wanted to force the issue. They were almost like they went out and treated Justin Fields like a game manager. And that's not that's not the working formula. And I think that you heard post-game from DJ Moore, a little frustration in his voice, talking about needing to take some shots down the field. Justin Fields was asked about that. So, Molly, it's hard to know without seeing the second uh, run-through of the tape, were those plays called and Justin Fields was reluctant to pull the trigger and take a chance and maybe throw into coverage or were they just not called? 
Oh, God. I, I mean, you know, for a lot of the season, they weren't called. Let's be honest about it. You know, they, they struggled to start the season. It wasn't until he complained that they seemed to to make a difference. You know, we were worried that the coach wasn't going to get through the season four games into it, and then they had the big win at the Commanders, and that's when things kind of turned a little bit. But uh, but I think when you when you break down and look at the offense and and how they um, how they perform this year, you know Justin Fields led them in rushing again, uh, six hundred and fifty seven yards. Uh, we we talked about. Um, you know, his failure to to pass for a lot of yards. I mean, you look at where you are with your passing game, and, um, you know, he talked before the year began about possibly getting to 4,000 yards. You know, C.J. Stroud passed for 4,000 yards. So did yards. Jordan Love yesterday. Jordan Love hit 4,000 <laughs> yards. D.J. Moore didn't get the to, – D.J. Moore – uh, Justin Fields didn't get the 3,000 yards. Well, I, I think it was such an unreasonable, unrealistic goal. I understand we talk about being ambitious. That was ambitious, but he's got 38 career starts. The, for 25 of those starts, he didn't surpass 200 passing yards. How are you going to get the 4,000? You always say, let's do the math. That math doesn't compute. Doesn't, doesn't add up. And I think that that's why – when we talk about these conclusions that we're forming and reaching with Justin Fields, it isn't just yesterday. No. It isn't just 11 and 16, 148, and all of that. It's a body of work, a 38-game, you know, pile of evidence that suggests that, okay, yeah, he's making progress. He has improved. But can you envision him doing for your offense what the elite quarterbacks do, what the C.J. Strouds can do. Dare I say what looks like Jordan Love can do for the Packers. I, I just don't know. I don't think so. He finished with 2,562 yards passing. Now, he missed some games. Mm-hmm. We're aware of that. Five games? Yep. But he, I don't know where he would have gotten with it. I mean, Not 4,000 yards? No, no. I mean, he just... No. Even Matt Eberflus alluded post game last night at Lambeau when he was asked about the passing game, and mm-hmm. he alluded to the the numbers. They're the bottom ten in a lot of categories. Too many categories to feel like this passing game, whether it's because of the play caller or the quarterback or a combination of both. I think that's the biggest problem when you look at this deeper than uh, than just one thing. All right, we've got uh, we've got DJ Moore, the Bears star receiver, joins us now on the Score Hotline, which of course is brought to you by the fine folks at uh, IBEW Local Nine, powered by IBEW Local Nine, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. Good morning, DJ. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. I'd be a lot better if we got that one uh, yesterday. No kidding. Yeah, that was a tough one, and that's uh, obviously a rivalry game. And I'm sure you know in your in your second uh, game against the Packers in Chicago, you understand how much it matters to the fans, to the family, the ownership family, and and uh, you know it's just a it was just a tough one because things had been going well for the team and you felt like getting into that game the idea of denying the Packers a trip to the playoffs was going to be a little feather in your cap but uh 
it didn't happen, and now we face the offseason and the uncertainty that that means. Yeah, uh, it's definitely uncertainty in the field. Of, um, but we, see, we shall see what happens. So uh, I'm looking forward to it uh, to see if we make any changes or we just keep the same thing and just keep building. DJ, you're a core guy. You're going to be here for a while. And so, first of all, your season, I just went through the numbers, 96 catches, 1,364 yards with eight touchdowns. How would you assess your first season in Chicago as a Bear, and what changes, if any, would you like to see pursued if, uh, as you have thought about what's next for this football team? Uh, I mean, first of all, I did have an amazing season. I attribute that to everybody that, that helped me and uh, made it easy to even be here. So, you know, but in the future, what I want to see is us just stay consistent in, in, in all phases of what we do. So uh, that's the main thing. We just got to stay consistent and, and tell you how we played in that stretch of uh, the games that we won and go, go from there. We were disappointed. I don't know if you were that you didn't get in the Pro Bowl. We thought it was a fait accompli. It seemed like you played so well, and we haven't seen – a better receiver in Chicago in a long time. I don't know that we have seen a better receiver in Chicago, and, and the season you had speaks for itself. Were you um, were you bummed when you when you didn't get into the Pro Bowl? Do you feel like that is something that's out there waiting for you? Uh, I feel like that's something that, that's out there waiting for me. I, I was I was a little bummed, but then I was like, eh, I don't really care. I haven't really been uh, anyway. So just but to get the first get the first one, they say is special. So. Whenever I get it, I'll be happy regardless. I heard you talking last week in the aftermath explaining that, that maybe you would consider, maybe you have to do something different. Maybe you have to be a little flashier. Maybe you have to be a little louder. Maybe you have to be a little bit more like the divas in the league. Do you think that you do? Was that just frustration? Or do you think that you're going to come back next year and be a little bit more flamboyant? Uh, no, I think I'm going to be the same person. I'm not, I'm not changing for, <laughs> for anything or anybody. It's not a... Uh, that's not in my nature to do, so I don't look forward to that. Okay. <laughs> hey, uh, DJ, you got some cigars from us. I don't know if you realize it was from us. Our guy, Mark Grody, somehow chased you down in the parking yes, lot. Yes, he did. I, I don't see you get chased down on the field, but uh, but he got <laughs> your attention, and he gave you some cigars, and we want to thank the fine folks at Big Cigar Mansion, 1150 North Dearborn. It's the corner of uh, Dearborn and Elm in the Gold Coast. The the big cigar mansion has an amazing humidor, all the best cigars, as well as public and private smoking lounges, a 150-year-old mansion that is now the best cigar lounge in Chicago. And uh, and they were kind enough to, uh, to, to give us some cigars, and we got them to you. They're a, a great uh, client here at the station. So I hope you enjoyed those. I hope you weren't afraid that they were like some kind of exploding cigar with Grody <laughs> giving them to you. Uh, no, nah, I, I was, uh, I had parked in the median par- uh, parking lot because uh, my family had picked me up so we could go get uh, lunch. And then we had to drive back to get my car. So, and that's when he, he, he popped out of his car and, and, see, <laughs> and, and saw me and I was like, what is going on? But then he told me, y'all gave me uh, some cigars. So I was happy. You made Grody's day, so we appreciate that, and, and thanks for all that you've done for us. This year's been a terrific season here on The Score as well, every Monday at 8. DJ, so what's today like? Uh, what, what will your exit interview 
uh, entail in your mind? What do you want to hear? And do you know anything? Are you curious about Matt Eberflus? Do you fear that maybe your, your head coach is, uh, is not on, on solid ground? Um, I mean, I haven't had it yet, but I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I met with a few people, but not, not everybody yet, not the top dogs. Uh, but everybody seems in good spirits, so we'll, we'll see how uh, my next few meetings go with, with everybody up, upstairs. How, I mean, when you think about your season, this season with the Bears, how close is this team? Do you feel, do you feel, I mean, you know, I thought you were getting there, felt like things were going great, and then to end the season that way against that team, I think everybody is sort of stunned. You know, we, we it's a few games that we wanted back. Uh, that could have just turned the season around. We could have been a 10-plus win team, so, but we weren't, and, that's what we got to look at the the games that we should have won and that we didn't and how, how we can finish those games out and tournaments to wins and not losses that, that that's going to sting later on in the later part of the season. So DJ, I was there in Lambeau last night, standing at your locker as you were asked about Luke Getzey a couple different times and a couple different times. It seemed like you were pointing out the obvious, but it was, you know, in frustration too. You wanted to take more shots down the field. You needed more explosive plays. How much of that was play calling? How much of that was the Packers defense? And and how would you evaluate Luke Getzey this season? Uh, I think he did a good job going having like different game plans. Uh, I would say we was kind of like limited in what we could do because of the O line and uh, the you know there was injuries to uh, some of the key key players on the O line. So I guess Green Bay thought it was a a feeding frenzy, and they just was going crazy on our line, and that's why we really couldn't get nothing off the ground how we wanted to. You know, I don't know if you followed all the news this morning, but, among, you know, it's Black Friday, so it means that there are going to be coaching changes and firings, and uh, and uh, Ron Rivera was fired. I believe you played for him at one point in your career with uh, uh, earlier, and Scott Fitterer, the general manager who traded you, he was fired. You might have had something to do with that one, yeah, DJ. You may, you may be responsible. <laughs> Not to feel bad about it, but you played too uh, much. Couldn't have helped. I might, I'm, I might have played a part in that because I'm here <laughs> and they, they traded me. So, I mean, hope he, hope he lands on his feet. <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to be a, a difficult time around the league. I just wonder, what, what are your plans now? I mean, how, how beat up are you? How much do your, does your body need rest? And, and what do you typically do in the offseason? Uh, typically uh, rest and then do little recovery things, core work and, and stuff like that. But really just spend time with the fam and, and rest and eat, eat as much as I can. And then when OTAs come, just – just start getting ready for uh, the season. Where are you going to spend your off season, and when are you heading there? Um, a little bit everywhere. Uh, here and be here for a while. Then I'm gonna go back to Charlotte. Uh, Got to check on my house there, and then probably take the the kids down to uh, Orlando and ha- let them have some fun. So DJ Justin Fields at the podium at the end of his comments post game on Sunday night. Sounded like somebody who was kind of saying goodbye to Chicago. Kind of uh, sounded like somebody who was you know, anticipating maybe not returning. 
Uh, did you sense any different in his deme- difference in his demeanor? Did did you see what he had to say in terms of thanking a lot of people, thanking the fans for the support, and and saying if this is his last rodeo, see y'all later? I didn't even see that. Uh, his demeanor towards us wasn't no different, but uh, I got to go back and, and watch it. But I don't think this is his last rodeo here, so I don't, I don't know why he said that. But if it is, I mean, he's a heck of a player, and I love the guy. Yeah, he seems like a, a really good teammate. And I think that when we when we think about the future, it, it, you know, there's nothing he could have done uh because of the number 1 pick, right? I mean, he couldn't he couldn't prevent the Bears from picking at the top of the list because Carolina took care of that one. Um you kind of feel bad for him if anything does happen because I don't think if they don't have the number 1 pick, I don't think they're even contemplating it. But with the number one overall pick, they've got their choice of the draft, and a lot of teams, um, you know, seem to really respect some of the quarterbacks coming out, etc. So, I think the Bears are in a really good position, but it might be one that's detrimental to Justin. Yeah, I don't think we'll be talking about it if we didn't have the number one overall pick. Uh, what I think, I think we are nine for ten right now by ourselves without the pick from Carolina. So, yep. I don't know if we'll be having the same conversation. This segment with DJ Moore is sponsored by Plumbers 911. Plumbing emergency. Call the plumbing professionals available 24-7 at 1-833-PLUM-911. DJ, a lot of conversation and focus now on Kevin Warren, the team president, because of what is at stake in this offseason and how big of an offseason it is. What kind of relationship do you have with Kevin Warren? How often is he around the team? Um, He's around the team a good bit. You know, uh, I think we have a good relationship. Uh, We talk. Uh, whenever we see each other. Um, so I think it's good. And whatever he has planned for this offseason is, is, is going to be a, a big impact on, on the future. You, you know, being in the league as long as you've been, you understand how things change and how things uh, – uh, every year it's almost like a 30% turnover of the roster. Do you anticipate that? Do you, um, you know, call guys after the fa- – how do you handle – the inevitable change that comes every year? Uh, no, just got to stay in contact with uh, people that uh, you, built, you built relationships with. And if they come back, they come back. If they don't, I mean, it's a business. You just got to go get your money and get, you, get paid where you can. So, uh, so I got used to that with, with people leaving and going, going somewhere else to play and getting they, what, they, what they think they're worth. And somehow, some way, they end up uh, – staying in contact and hopefully and be back on the same team. So DJ got to ask you before you go, the hat you had on last night at the, uh, in the locker room before you left the multicolored, how would you describe it? And, and what is the significance? Because it was definitely a statement. Oh, I, uh, I seen uh JC with it on in here. So I was like, dang, that's a cool hat. And I just went and ordered it. And, uh, I wore it, uh, because it was, it was kind of cold, but, I mean, I just like the hat in, in general. So, Good choice. Yeah, I thought that that was maybe the beginning of your flamboyance as a wide receiver. You're making quite a, quite a nah. fashion statement. So, so you, you, nah. you, you're, you're getting ready to go up there. You have your exit interview, right? And presumably mm-hmm. you'll be talking to, uh, to Poles, Eberflus, maybe even Warren, I don't know. What message do you have for them? Will you tell them what you want? 
at the at the quarterback position? Will you go to bat for Justin? Do they know that already? And and you know, obviously, as a teammate, you're uh, you're going to take care of your guys. But do they do they usually ask you your opinion on what they should do, or will you offer it? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, this is my first exit interview with them, so uh, we'll see how I go. I really don't know what I'm going to say right now unless they ask me specific questions. But other than that, I mean, it should be a good exit interview. I'm going to give my opinion on things that was around here and go from there. Will you say you want Justin Fields back as your quarterback? I think they know that by now. Uh, I think the whole whole nation know that. <laughs> You're the best, DJ. Thank you, buddy. Thanks Enjoy for being a the pro. offseason. Yeah, we, we love talking to you. Thank you. All right. That is DJ Moore. Good man. Always there for you after games. Not afraid to give his peace. Not afraid to give his peace. He's gotten a little bit more assertive as the season has progressed. I don't know if that's just us noticing it. He's always been a confident guy. Not a locker room lawyer. Not a guy that is anything but the consummate teammate. You'd like to see him sticking up for his quarterback. I, I, um, I hope he likes those cigars from the big cigar mansion. And um, I don't know if you've been to that place, David, but it's pretty extraordinary. they got a public lounge uh, that's open, obviously, to the public. They also have a private lounge that offers memberships and day passes, and there's a beautiful patio in the summer. Maybe we, as a gift to Big Z, when we say goodbye to him, Maybe we buy him a day pass just from us. Is he going away I for the offseason? I don't know if we can afford a private membership. I don't think they're huge. But <laughs> I, we just want to take care of our guy Biggs. Maybe I, he owns the place. I, I think, okay, that's not a bad idea. I think we need to do something for Grody, though, because let's face it, he bailed us out. He tracked down DJ Moore in the parking lot. Yeah, you heard He, it. he went to the car. He, he delivered the goods. And Grody, Grody was working like a fiend last night at Lambeau Field, let me tell you. In the locker room, he was there when I left. Right. So I think we owe Mark Grody some some well, thanks. I, I mean, maybe I, something more. Again, not only does he run down DJ, but apparently after giving him the scars, he just knocked him out of his hands. <laughs> so he forced a no, no. He's a nice guy. All right, great stuff from DJ Moore. We'll be back with your calls three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven million home score bears. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on TuneIn. go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening uh, i didn't even see that uh his demeanor towards us wasn't no different but uh i gotta go back and, and watch it but 
I don't think this is last rodeo here, so I don't, I don't know why he said that. But if it is, I mean, he's a heck of a player, and I love the guy. Will you say you want Justin Fields back as your quarterback? I think they know that by now. Uh, I think the whole whole nation know that. <laughs> Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. Yeah, I think we know that. I we think, know that. Uh, the nation knows. It's good. You know what? That's what you want to hear from your number one wide receiver. doesn't matter if you can point out, well, you really want to think about, no. You want your unconditional, unqualified support from your wide receiver for your quarterback. And it really everyone in that locker room almost has an obligation. Wouldn't you say, Molly? I mean, if you look at historically quarterbacks that are hard to love, <laughs> there have been a few of them in Chicago, hard to hug. I still think you have seen examples where those guys, whether it's because of the personality or production, they they have gotten mostly you get universal support in the locker room if you've earned the respect. It's about respect more than it is an endorsement on the play. And Justin Fields has earned everyone's respect. Um, I agree with that. I, you know, Olin made a point in the post game. I mentioned this to, or maybe it was the pregame, and I mentioned this to you earlier. Um, when asked about teammates backing up uh, Justin Fields and this idea, various people have written this idea that, you know, mutiny, if you don't bring Fields back, the team would turn on him. He, Olin and Patrick Manley, I thought it was very interesting. They had this conversation where they talked about how the very fact that his teammates are backing Justin Fields is exactly what you're supposed to do. That is what you are supposed to do. And he would imagine that if Justin Fields were replaced, the very same guys that couldn't live without him would be backing up the quarterback who takes over because that's what you do as a teammate. I almost have no doubt about that. Yeah. That's why I have not necessarily bought into that storyline, bought into the idea that if Justin Fields is replaced with a rookie, let's say Caleb Williams, and he walks into the locker room, and oh my gosh, there's everybody there that loved Justin Fields. I think that stuff takes time to, you know, there's an acclimation period, reacclimation period, there's an adjustment phase, but because of what you just said, there's a code of conduct, there's an understanding yes. amongst athletes or whatever locker room. You kind of back the guy who's who's there, who's in charge. It, and you say the things that you're supposed to say. That's part of being a professional, right? That's part of professionalism. You would, you would hope so. You, you don't want to create dissension. You yes. want to create unity. Yes. And you understand the value and power of, of, of unifying all of these forces in the same direction. So that's what it's in the name of. Players want to win. And, and, and winning comes from chemistry and yes. unity and a lot of those things. You can win without those things but it's much easier to do so if you have them. That's why guys like Montez Sweat, DJ Moore, guys who have been around the league and been in the league for a while understand how to speak about the quarterback. Yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a good thing to see that kind of support for Fields, but it, you should not confuse it with kind of a Fields-only support. As much as you like the guy, as good a teammate he is, you want to win, and if there's someone else in that role, you're going to back that guy too. Or more to the point, it's not going to have an impact on what decision they make. 
Yeah, it, I, I just I don't, don't see it I well. Don't, I don't see how it. Could. I, I just don't see it no. should, why it should. It would you, be a mistake. You you monitor it. You pay attention to it. You acknowledge it. You don't ignore it, but you don't let it dictate what you do at the game's most important position. Let's get back to the phone lines. 312-644-6767. We'll start with Ken. He's in Oak Brook. Hi, Ken. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for making it. Hey, I want to put a couple of things out there, uh, and hopefully you'll allow me time to do so. Uh, first thing is, is, is watching what we saw last night from our offensive uh, line standpoint, mimicked what we saw the entire last or 22 season. It's exactly the same. There was nothing any different. It was a porous line that never yielded that kid time to throw the ball. Now, when we start talking about last year, his receiving court consisted of castaways who are bumped from other squads, Camille Harry. First-round draft pick bump, bust. Uh, Smith-Marset, castaway, practice squad guy from Minnesota. Pettis, journeyman, I don't even think the guy's still in the league. Can I ask you a question? I I, I, I want to interrupt you because I want to ask you a question. Can you name the four receivers that the Packers used yesterday? Man, let me tell you something. I watched that kid, and I live right out here where he grew up, playing with his uh, high school mate uh, at MSU. Uh, Reed is a good. He was okay. a good at high school. Uh, he was a good at MSU after transferring, transferring uh, with uh, uh, Peyton Thorne. They both transferred together. They they grew up together. They made the call. I live out here in DuPage County. That kid is the goods. He's shown that he's the goods. You take you uh, Bo Melton. Uh, you get big Bo Melton guy. How about Dontavian Wicks? My point is that quarterbacks can do more with less if they are at the point in terms of their passing development to to succeed regardless of the excuses or the extenuating circumstances, whatever. I'm sorry, it's a it's a it's a valid point. Justin Fields hasn't had a lot to to deal with, Molly, but I mean, is it always gonna come back to that? Can you name can you name any wide receiver after uh on the Texans that is gonna make a Pro Bowl? No. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, they've got a quarterback. Exactly. That, but that's uh, the point, isn't it? He's trying to make the point. Exactly. Fields can't succeed because he doesn't have the receiving core. He doesn't have the protection. You know what? There's never going to be a perfect pocket. There's never going to be a perfect core of receivers. You don't have perfection at any level, so don't expect it. It's unrealistic. You've got to do more with less. You've got to navigate these the these. <laughs> episodes of adversity and the great ones do and I just don't think Justin Fields is a great quarterback he's very good and he has improved you got to give him credit let's try Robert he's in Ravenswood hey Robert hey Molly hey Haw. Uh, great show thanks for taking my call so I'm thinking outside the box here you got Justin Fields the best athlete on the team we know he can throw when throws are told when he's told kind of where to throw right once things break down forget it we know that he can run like a running back we know he's strong he's durable um the only thing we don't know is if he can catch and he was a baseball player i think a center fielder or something he can catch uh keep justin fields 
and use them like the Saints use um, the hill. Taysom Hill. Thanks, Robert. Appreciate the phone call and listening. I don't think you appreciate Robert at all. You just you no, no, let no, out no, a heavy no, sigh and you, you drop. But I, but I can appreciate you... the fact that he's listening. Well, I appreciate I, the fact I, he waited and, an hour to say that. Molly, please, people. Justin Fields is an NFL starting quarterback. Please, people. I'm just saying. He's not Taysom Hill. He's not a running back. He's not a receiver. Don't insult his ability. Don't diminish his potential. The argument here isn't whether Justin Fields can be an NFL starting quarterback. The debate is whether or not, as a good NFL starter who has improved and made progress, can you do better? Can you upgrade? The answer, in my view, and I think yours, is yes. But don't think that means Justin Fields needs to be Taysom Hill and go play flanker and run the ball. I mean, come on. We're past that. Can he catch? Mark is on the Odyssey app. Hey, Mark. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Hey, so I just wanted to call with a few facts. I like facts. Um, I think they give us uh, good direction on how to make decisions. And with the Bears, I mean, the GM, the head coach, and the offensive coordinator are all first-timers in 2022. Mm -hmm. Uh, The GM basically ripped this roster down to the bones to clear up dead cap space and gain cap control. And um, the team has definitely shown improvement. It meets the eye test. They've had physical play. They've been competitive with uh, more explosive plays. They've got a professional running game. And uh, with regards to how to build a team and move forward, I took a look at uh, first picks in the draft going back to 1983. And uh, 30% of the first-pick quarterbacks become what I would call franchise quarterbacks. 70% miss. And if we're going to build a roster and you want to get quality players on the roster, I'd rather have more first- and second-round picks to do that with. And like David said, I I think Justin Fields is a professional starting quarterback. with regards to last night's game, um, those receivers that I've never heard of from Green Bay, they were getting open, running dig routes because we didn't cover from underneath. Uh, and Justin Love had 10 pressures in the whole game. So he had time to throw last night, and he looked good. But he, Jordan Love's had some bad games. So um, I'm going to say this. If we bring new people in, we're going to set a year to get reoriented to whoever we bring in. Um, I think there's enough progress here to stay the course, even with Getsy. These coaches have shown me they can coach. Um, Jordan, or... Uh, you you're bursting. No, you are bursting. It's unbelievable. Thanks, Mark. I'm not. You are literally like... You're making strange noises. I'm not making strange noises. Wow. He can't handle that. No, I know. You I, can't I, handle the I'm truth. handling it. I'm handling it. It's been a, it was a short night, man. Give me a break. Look, uh, I, I, I very quickly, Luke Getzey, I think, is, is it's inconceivable to bring him back, right? Mm-hmm. I, I just don't think that it's, it makes a lot of sense to run it all back. Your offense is broken. You, you need to fix it. So it starts with, I think, the offensive play caller. And, uh, it just – and the Bears, 
you know, the Bears yesterday, um, they didn't pass the eye test. No. They didn't. No, they did not. Your eyes hurt watching that team. <laughs> they they damaged us. Now, you're not going to let one game, one Sunday, affect your big picture thinking necessarily. You shouldn't go into it with that in mind. But it does leave a mark. And today is a day to kind of recalibrate because things were going well. And then yesterday happened. Yeah. No, yesterday changed a lot. It's very hard not to feel that way. Uh, 312-644-6767. We're going to get back to the phone lines. Mully and Haw on the score. Well, I do know. I do know this, Jason. That that the uh, foundation has been set. You know, the standards are set. How we operate. Uh, I do know that, and uh, you, I do know the locker room. I do know that for sure. And uh, you know, we we are standing on solid ground of hard work, of of passion for the game, and enthusiasm for the game. And uh, we're just going to keep working together to to build this thing. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, that is the voice of uh, of Matt Eberflus, solid ground and a uh, foundation set. Is that a song? We're know. standing on solid ground. Sounds like it would be a lyric. It um, Doesn't it? It sounds like it wouldn't be a hit. <laughs> well, uh, hey, if it works, yes, it would be. We should let you know you're listening to a Plumbers 911 Football Monday presented by Busey Bank, and it's not a GameIllinois.com. And uh, goodness gracious, David, when you think about what Flusi had to say, I'm going to say it again. The Bears do an awful good job of defending losing or defining it differently than the way most people would. You know, I get it. The, they got to seven wins. We predicted, both of us, that they'd win seven games. Mm-hmm. So they meet our expectations. Is that it? I, I just think that we got to tap the brakes on all of the wonderful things that happened this year because well, you lost I, four games to start the year. You lost three games that you had won already. Well, you know, that's a pet peeve of mine. Yeah. I, I don't like, and I think a lot of people, I don't like the fact that the Bears credit themselves for enduring the adversity they create. For themselves so I, I don't that's think that's exactly right I don't think that's a, a smart way to go about yeah uh setting your goals and, and standards I, I think yesterday Matt Eberflus was probably trying to put a, a, a disappointing game and the end of a season that felt like there was momentum building in perspective I hope he's done that a lot by I him. hope that when we hear from him next that if he is back as we kind of expect but you never know if he is back, I hope he sets the bar higher. I hope he reminds people that it's unacceptable to lose to the Packers, in his case, four straight times and overall ten straight times. And I hope that he sets lofty goals that seem ridiculous to say out loud. You want him thinking in those terms. You don't want him rationalizing, well, you know, 4-2 and two finish was great because it outweighed an 0-4 start, and look at how much character we have. They lost 10 games. They lost 10 games. Yeah. Anybody aware up there that they lost 10 games? I mean, that was not a playoff season. Okay? Can we get that understood, please? They and did they, not. They haven't beaten Green Bay in forever. They have not. And they made progress. They won seven this year, three last year. But it's not enough. And 
the rhetoric and the tone should not be that it is acceptable. And I think you're you're pointing out, and you're maybe fearful of that, you know, creeping in and that kind of acceptance of mediocrity just out of habit, because organizationally, Hallis Hall has experienced more mediocrity than not. You know, still rebuilding since '86. Isn't that the T-shirt? <laughs> oh boy, I I think there's a lot of T-shirts. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Let's uh, let's try Bob. He's listening on the Odyssey app. Hey Bob, is it me? Yes, sir. It's you. You are you Hello. are Bob. Hi. Yeah, I'm, I'm formerly from um, uh, St. Charles, Illinois. I'm down in Tennessee now. Oh. And I think Warren's main job is to make the Bears, the Chicago Hellas Bears again. And to do that, you need coaching and you need, you know, attitude. And Jim Harbaugh, along with Ron Rivera, being coaches, bring their friend Dave Tobe back to Chicago. Take the first pick up Marvin Harrison Jr. Could we say Clayton and Duper again? And take the Benton uh, uh no tackle like Benton out of Wisconsin. I think we cured a lot of things. And thirdly, I think you bring in a serviceable quarterback, and we need a scat back. I'm sorry to say that, but, you know, I don't want to make, you know, fields of scat back or anything, but it could be ideal for that, bringing a quarterback that teaches them things under Harbaugh and Ron Rivera. We could be back like we were, the Chicago Bears. And I think, you know, the whole thing, you know, it would be good. I think that Chicago Bears have the attitude, the attitude we have the players, and under those attitudes, I think we can do good. Thanks, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate your plan. Appreciate the plan. We got Brad Biggs, Biggs time next, Molly and Hall on the score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.